Well, we're going to get started with our South American team preview. We're going to focus on the teams, at least on this end of the pond, as eight teams will be representing all of America. If you go, if you consider America, Alaska, all the way to Patagonia, yeah, those will be the teams that will be representing this part of the world in Russia in just a couple of days. And we're going to get started with the first team. We're going to start backwards, as it'll be Uruguay today that gets all of the attention of our analysis, as well as a couple of players to look at, some uh, differences compared to other teams, and of course, the player to watch. To start out, this Uruguay team is one that's beginning a new generation. There's a lot of new young players coming in. There's a new generation of players that are beginning to show their impact in uh, Oscar Washington Tabares' side. And when you start looking at players like Federico Alverde, you start looking at uh, Rodrigo Betancourt, Diego Laxalt, Georgian Darroscaeta, new names to the national team mix, but not strangers as far as the national team pool. Valverde gets his debut against Paraguay, a 2-1 win in Paraguay for Uruguay, and it was a very intriguing moment because Luis Suarez mentioned it in one of his press conferences before, talked about how these young players come in with a desire to immediately contribute. Uh, You start to see it the past few years, dating even all the way back to 2005 and 2007, when these Uruguayan players that have started to develop at the youth levels start to come at under-17s and under-20s, begin to have an impact in those teams, and start to slowly, in some cases, have an impact or start to contribute to the senior side, some in the case of Cavani and Luis Suarez immediately start to make an immediate impact with the national team, of course, one of the biggest reasons why you saw that 2010 team end up getting to the semifinals. And you start to see a team in 2011 win the Copa America. So, of course, every generation comes, every generation goes. And now you start to see a generation from 2010 and 2014. Many have said goodbye. You no longer see Arevalo Rios. You never, you don't see anymore a player like Tata Gonzalez. You don't see Cebolla Rodriguez. You don't see those types of players anymore within Uruguay's national team call-up. And it's a very new, a very revamped, and a more modern type of football that's being played by Uruguay, if you will, as far as being and looking and, and having this presence of attacking when you look at the entire team from number one to number 23, you have a, a different mindset, but yet still the focus is still on defense. As that midfield does drop back and defend, you have two solid lines of four that do get created. And obviously up top you have Cavani and Suarez. Starting in the front, first and foremost, when you have two of the top strikers in the world, it's very tough to really break you down. It's very tough to have a team say, well, you know what, they're out of the they're out of a match because with those two up top and with the players that they have behind them providing for them, that's when you start to see the difference with Uruguay, this Uruguay side, who's come out a little bit stronger and a little bit more comfortable than in previous World Cup cycles when, if you look at it for since 2002 to 2014, each single World Cup cycle, they had to go to a continental playoff. The only time they were not successful out of that playoff was back in 2006 when Australia knocked them out in penalty kicks over in Sydney. Outside of that, Uruguay has had rather 
good success if you start looking at the Oscar Washington Tabanes era when he took over after the elimination in 2006. He's going now in his 12th year, 12th consecutive year as national team coach, 14th overall if you want to include his tenure back in the late 80s and early 90s when he led the team to the World Cup in 1990 in Italy and were able to get to the second round. Each and every time that Tavares has gone to a World Cup, he's had his team get out of the group stage. And this will probably be yet another one if you start looking how Group A broke down with Saudi Arabia, with Egypt, and of course with the host Russia. As I mentioned, the midfield... You do have new players. You have players that are looking to distribute and keep the ball in motion better to become more involved and more connected with Suarez and Cavani up top. Uh, when Uruguay was most successful, you had a nexus in the middle. You had that player in the middle because it ended up being by default Diego Forlan who dropped back and left Suarez and Cavani up top for him to drop back and, and try and come from behind at times or try and become that player that helps them provide or find the spaces that they are left open by defenses as soon as they start defending those two players. When you start looking at players that could make a difference for Uruguay, obviously you're going to start with those two. You're going to start with Godin. You might start with Jose Maria Jimenez, but you will look in the middle and start looking at players like George Andarascaeta of Cruzeiro, who's been one of the leading assist men in Brazil, and he could make a major difference for this Uruguayan side when it comes to offensive motion. Federico Valverde might have an opportunity, not sure yet if he will make the 23-man list, but still there's a good chance that the young player that has been in the Real Madrid youth system can start looking at this as an opportunity to truly assert himself within the national team side, although he's had important contributions in the past Matias Vecino will be a major contributor, the man from Inter, who's really asserted himself as one of the two holding midfielders. He's pretty much taken Arevalo Rios out of the World Cup picture, a player that really is, is, is long in the tooth and has pretty much seen his best days gone by. Arevalo Rios is, is really unable to maintain himself in one team and much less he's been able to do anything of importance the past few years after wandering from one team to another and not finding enough playing time you start looking out wide on the right and it's carlos sanchez as he had a, a pretty decent tenure over at monterrey was one of the best players in south america while he was at river plate but that was one of the issues that Tabares had it was he going to use Christian Stuani, was he going to use Carlos Sanchez? He ends up using Sanchez, and you do have a bit more attacking-minded type of player that decides to go and has more dynamic and can join Cavani and Suarez sending crosses to them or start to attack running at defenses. So that's where you start to see Uruguay making a difference in terms of, of offense. Now, their strong suit, their back line. Their back line is what makes them strong. It's what makes them solid. Yes, you're going to look at, at players like Cavani and Suarez and say, what? But defense is what's made Uruguay so strong. And that's what's made them such an important part of this team, over this competition. You have players like Maxi Pereira. Yeah, he is 33 years old and he will be a contributor from the back. Diego Godin, 
He'll be really getting up there as far as caps are concerned, but still one of the most solid central defenders you will find in the world. Same thing with Jose Maria Jimenez, who at 22-23 is already with over 40 caps, and he is going to be the linchpin of the future for Uruguay in the back. Sebastián Coates to offer a little bit more depth. And then you start looking at other names such as Martin Cáceres, who had some good times this past season over at Lazio. Guillermo Varela, although didn't have a lot of time with Manchester United, now back in Uruguay playing with Peñarol, gets a call-up. We'll see how he ends up faring as far as the national team picture is concerned. Midfield again. And you start talking about the weaknesses, you also have to start talking about the excuse me the, the strength you have to also start talking about the weaknesses the biggest weakness has been who is going to be that player in the middle that creates it'll be George Andarasqueta because to me you don't have enough with a player like Lodeiro who's been injured a little bit this season uh, he hasn't had the best season with Seattle Gaston Ramirez with Sampdoria has had a, a bit more of regularity if you will uh, and if you also start looking in the middle some other names that come out, Lucas Torreira of Sampdoria. You start looking at Nainta Nandes, who will just absolutely just be a general in the middle of the pitch. Another holding midfielder. Imagine him and Vecino in the middle, out wide with maybe Darascaeta, maybe Lodeiro, maybe Gaston Ramirez. And on the other person's side, you have a player like Carlos Sanchez. So, again, you have a team that is stacked in the middle. You have a team that is very solid in the back. The biggest question is goalkeeper and I don't say that because the goalkeeper isn't good of course Fernando Musleta wins the league title with um, Galatasaray but he hasn't had that competition he hasn't had that and he does have the propensity to make mistakes in the back again Musleta throughout his career has been spectacularly spectacular but sometimes spectacularly horrible in some moments and and that's where you have to see if the consistency is there but this time around you have a team that's maybe a little bit deeper in goalkeepers Martin Silva's had some time at Vasco Martin Campaña has been rather has been incredibly solid for Independiente this past season so again that will be an interesting uh, look as far as that's concerned now who will be in or actually who will be out Man, that is a tough question because with Uruguay, you're going to have to take four. So you'll have a player like Maxi Gomez, who was sensational, was the revel- one of the revelations of um, La Liga this past season with Celta. Christian Stuani have to take him. Midfield will be where you will probably see the, the majority of the cuts. But uh, again, Uruguay can be that side that will definitely pass the first round. The question mark will be who will they face in the second round? Because I don't really see them matching up well or better with Spain than they do with Portugal. It's probably the other way around. Portugal is a team that will probably go in the mud a little bit more compared to Spain. And I think that's where you have the differences up top uh, that can really short-circuit Portugal a little bit more. If they are able to have a good match, I would expect them to get even as deep as semifinals. They're one of those teams that have those that potential. But that will be completely up to them. So overall, that's pretty much Uruguay, and we'll see what they do, because they are a team that has the potential. Are they a contender? Absolutely not. 
But can they be a contender once as soon as the World Cup starts? Well, that's what they usually have done in the, in the past few times. Adversity has been there, but that's what makes them stronger. And usually when they're at their most dangerous is when they're at their most vulnerable. So that will be a very interesting World Cup team to look at. Don't go away because next time we will be talking about our next World Cup team, which will be Peru. So make sure you're checking us out here on BTP Daily. Talk to you soon. Peace! Hey everyone, make sure that during this World Cup summer, you're always in tune with BTP both beyond the pitch as well as BTP Daily as we're going to be giving opinions and interviewing some of the best personalities, pundits, players, coaches, and, well, whoever else we can speak to as far as the world of football is concerned so they can tell us their story and really help us enlighten ourselves and, you know, be enlightened by what they're able to offer in terms of experiences and all that other good stuff that they do offer in turn. So, again... Make sure that you check us out on all our audio platforms so you're able to receive all that content right away. You're notified at an instant as soon as everything is up. Have some great interviews coming up. And, of course, I will be on the road during the World Cup as, of course, we're trying to find out who will be the next world champion. Will it be Germany? We'll see. Or will someone else take their place? We'll find out during... The summer, but we'll also be informing you, entertaining you, and doing what we usually do here on Beyond the Pitch. So make sure that you're following us on iTunes, you're following us on SoundCloud, Audio Boom, any other platforms that you do consume your audio content. Make sure that you're there, you're ready, and you are going to be notified of any new content we show. So make sure it's BTP, Beyond the Pitch. Make sure you check it out and check us out on Twitter at Beyond the Pitch. You can check me out at Juan G underscore Arango on Twitter. And you can also check out my YouTube channel, which is The Normal Juan. Make sure you subscribe and get notified of any new videos that come up every week. I'll talk to you soon.